0: You are listening to iRadio TT, online, all the time. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to Music Matters, the Caribbean edition. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, subscribe, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Music Matters Caribbean. And if you want to listen to our previous podcasts and keep up with our new material, check out the website podcast.iradio.tt or listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Radio Public, and more of your favorite podcast platforms. Welcome to Music Matters, the Caribbean edition, the podcast series featuring news, interviews and analysis of all the music
1: from the islands.
0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Music Matters.
2: The Caribbean Edition, I am Laura Dowridge Phillips.
0: And I'm Nigel Campbell. And once again, we're talking about the business of music here in the Caribbean.
2: Yes, we are. Yes, we are, Nigel. Welcome to I'm gonna say welcome to a new season, right? Because it's been a while since we've done this.
0: Yeah, it's, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Quite true. I try quite true. And of course, COVID hasn't helped us at all, but no. that's how it is. And once again, we're here on Zoom. Not perfect, but then again, it's better than nothing at all.
2: The mm-hmm. pandemic is still here, so
0: in
1: a big we're
2: still in a sort of a semi lockdown, so we're doing everything virtually
1: the way it has to be
0: and that voice you heard, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the superstars of the Laura, you know, I have this way of of always asking you to introduce a guest something, but I just want to try something here. Yeah, you do it this
2: time now. You do it this time.
0: Okay, this gentleman, as far as I'm concerned, is one of the best DJs in the whole soccer industry. One, he produces some of the best fits nationally and internationally, and of course, regionally. And more recently, he's been a producer of music. Did a fabulous song with Freetown Collective and himself
2: find peace anywhere you come from coulda up you coulda down blessings on my nation Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: ladies and gentlemen dj private ryan
1: yes what's going on good to be here yeah, welcome, 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 welcome to Peace Matters, welcome. the Caribbean edition.
2: Finally, finally, Ryan.
1: Finally. Finally, finally.
2: How have you been? How has the um you know pandemic restrictions been dealing with you? Um, you know, it's been
1: it's been um interesting because um as I tell people I've been traveling nonstop for like fifteen years straight. And um it came at a time when I said to myself, you know, this year. You know, I'll be busy, but I also wanted to kind of also get some time to kind of just like take a breat- breather. And then COVID happened, which gave me my mm. breather. Mm.
2: Be careful right. what you ask the universe for. Eh?
1: Right. No, but 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 but, it, but I'm I'm grateful for it because the journey I've been on in in this pandemic has been you know you know very creative. Like I've been able to come up with new music. I've been able to you know like uh, enhance a lot of aspects of myself and um, personally and business wise that I didn't get a chance to do before um i've been i've been you know actively engaging in my lives you know so like you know i've been talking and interacting with my fans in a way that i didn't have a chance to do before um got a chance to rest to exercise work on music you know redo my library like a lot of different things i could put on a list of things that i just got a chance to do um you know part of this 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 process you know you have to accept the world where it's at right now you know it, you know it it makes no sense to live in denial thinking that COVID is just going to disappear in a matter of a month or two um so when once you reach that point you start to pivot and you start to really you know think about the things that you want to accomplish what you want to do and not get you down you know because in entertainment I know there are some people who are not processing this very well you know
2: yeah yeah, yeah. Now, I, I and I feel like You've done so many things. I mean, you haven't just been a DJ just doing live events. You've had your your podcast early on before that was a thing. Yes. But you were doing that. You you always you always had a pretty strong online presence. You've built Fandom. There's a thing called fandom. 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 I love it. (laughs) I, I feel like do you feel like everything you've done? you know, delving into different aspects of the music. Everything you've done kind of prepared you for this moment that we are in now that you don't have to depend on live events.
1: Well, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a process of, of yes. I would say yes, because, you know, you have to plan. Um, funny enough, one of the meetings I had with, like, in my Soko Greenwash team last year, one of the things that we actually discussed is, like, there may come a day, you know, this is the truth, there, there may come a day, when something may happen in the world that may put the whole entertainment business on pause. And then you need to be prepared for that. We actually had that meeting last year, before COVID was even a conversation, and we spoke about that, and look what happened this year. Goat mouth, Um, I'm sorry. It's not goat mouth, boy. It's preparation. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so... So understanding that, you know, you you know, I mean, the years are built in terms of, you know, doing events and DJing and traveling. You know, you also have to understand that it it is, it is at the end of the day, a very volatile industry. One that is the last to come back once this is over. Um, and so once you understand that, you know that you can't put your eggs, all your eggs in one basket, you know. That's mm-hmm. as important.
0: I think that is absolutely great advice in terms of the not putting all the eggs in one basket. And as I said in the introduction, you seem to have crossed a number of revenue streams. Let me just put it that way, right? Production, mm-hmm. music, entity, um, events, and that kind of stuff. Just, some, just something I'm curious about in terms of your, your regional reach and thing. Of course, I've seen your name attached everywhere, up all the islands and things. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the North American marketplace and so can what you've done in terms of what I'd like to say, broadening our reach in terms of the music and things what has been your your um understanding of soca music outside of the caribbean community in terms of whatever you've done otherwise
1: i don't think they fully understand it i think soca while it has it has significantly made some strides Um, you know, you see it from the growth of, 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 of the carnivals and the Caribbean events and and people being interested. I think Soka has been muddled together in this Caribbean music pool. So the person who doesn't know, they think the forefront of Caribbean music is reggae, reggae, you know, especially because they have their, they have a world icon like Bob Marley, you know, by himself, you know, it's just this, this icon in the world that passes even just a genre. He is an icon. Um, you know, followed by, by the fact that, you know, they have people who are in mainstream that, 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 are, that are Caribbean. So, like, Rihanna's Bayesian, but Rihanna doesn't sing Soka. And so, like, when they hear the sound, which, of course, has been borrowed by mainstream. So, like, you hear songs by Justin Bieber and others that borrow the sound of Soca and, and and it went mainstream. You know, some people don't even realize what they're listening to. Um so so Soka has made strides because I think the quality of the music actually it's it's good. there are some very notable contributions from our artists. Um but I think it's just a matter of structure and and, and really getting it out there to maybe the right labels and, and doing those things. And the question is do we want to crossover? Do we want to do we want to to, to be a force like what Afrobeat was? Afrobeat was was uncompromising in terms of their sound and, and their delivery. And then, you know, eventually people accepted it, you know. Um, do you so want it to cross over, uh, if
0: you don't mind me asking that question? Although you asked the question, what's your answer to that question?
1: Yes, I do. Um, but I think the one hindrance to, to the inverted commas crossover is that some of the content in the hardcore soaker, um will not relate because people will not understand what the stage is, what the road is, you yeah. know. Get, yeah, there are things that we say in our in our terminology when it comes to associating with with, with carnivals um, that the average person who has never experienced a carnival can't relate to, which is the only thing that is different. Which is the major major difference between soca and other genres is because of it is it is it is a it is a music for the most part, and this is not in all because there's, there's different types of soca. Um, uh, but 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 some of the content would not they wouldn't understand. But it'll just be catchy. But they wouldn't understand it. It's simply festival music, Laura. Yeah, right? which,
2: which, which you know, so that uh, that makes me think about two things, Ryan, And I spoke to you briefly about this. One, um, in that context, you know, through your events like yours, Soka Brain, what you do in several different countries, and through your um, private riot mixes that are so popular, you help mm-hmm. us to push. Soka. Huge right um do you think that soca because people really it haven't really it hasn't really penetrated any way we wanted to do you think that the lack of festivals and the lack of ability to have events now would kill soca and how do you as a producer now that you are producing how are you using your foray into production to address that if you talk about you know the hard core lyrics are you trying to make soka more palatable for a wider audience um i'm trying to all
1: right the way that i look at at the well my style of production is that it's it's rooted in soka like the early elements in it you know are rooted in soka but but there are elements that that i think you know cross the 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 whole barrier of it being a one dimensional thing because if you listen to the things that i produced this year Angela Hunt, middle.
2: Is it me? I know that you want Wanna know? i get getting inside this group. Got me looking for the lover. Tell me, tell me how you feeling now. I got that good love and running out the door. And I know that
1: Tedison John, X Games, um, Feel In Love With Freetown, Reason To Love. All those Ahsoka songs, but they never said the word carnival. They never said jump. They never said wave. They never said stage. They never said mashup. Those are things that I didn't do. Right. But it's not to say that I wouldn't do very those smart. things, but in a very interesting way. So I may I may do it in a different way because I think that coming out of of even this period of standing still, this is a great opportunity for the artist to even reinvent and even think about new ways to even deliver the music because now you're forced to make the music without without a carnival. So 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 for me, I I never put those things in the music, but I I loved I loved all the mashup and and and, and the jam music you know, that's that's part of that. But I, I'm saying that carnival actually does need that as well because. It's like a pizza and, and the different ingredients make the pizza. It is not that soca music should take out those elements to conform to what the international wants. We have something unique that, that when people come in, they can't get enough of it. So there, there's a magic that also exists in that. So, so it's just about creating a hybrid. You know, that's, that's all it is.
2: Yeah, And about the events, do you think we could, so the genre could survive with all the live events? I think with
1: the, the live events being off the grid is temporary. Uh, again, it's just about innovation because we are a live event culture. You know, they, they, I can't pick, envision a carnival that, that, that exists solely in a virtual space forever. I, it, it, you know, part of our, our, our you know, delivery and, and even experiencing the magic of what carnival really means is social and human interaction, whether it be the artists, people to people, the camaraderie, the road. Um, there are so many different layers that need that human interaction. So, I mean, I, I don't. Th- I think for now, because the world understands where we're at and it's where we are in the curve, and, and it's going to continue because winter is coming, and winter is going to, I believe, send the world right back inside um, mm-hmm. for for a little while. Um, where we are in the Caribbean what, What's going to happen with how we deal with the virus And those things is going to then determine What the Caribbean cycle is going to be like You know, so Trinidad is going to see What happens in February um, mm-hmm. Or next year that, These are questions that are going to have to be answered pretty soon You know Just in terms of a
0: prediction I, I like that analysis But just in terms of a prediction Carnival next year, of course, is in February Do you mm-hmm. see it happening?
1: I, I, well, I will say this uh, it won't be what people had this year, like that. That what you what you had leading up to to, to 2020 is not going to exist in 2021. That's for yeah. sure. Um, and that's in an event space and in a carnival space. If we do have it, it would be because Trinidad has has reached a, a good place in terms of controlling and managing um, the virus. And they're going to have to make the decision whether they're going to have it solely locally or regionally, and um, they're going to have to analyze what happens in the international sphere. But it seems that the US has not been able to get a handle on their cases, which means that them being a major consumer of the carnival product and them being now excluded from the carnival product is actually a—that's a big deal because it's, you're is not an opportunity for us. Years. Yeah, it is an opportunity. So where, where people are seeing it as a as a downside, I think it's a great opportunity because then the people who are the innovators, the creators, the promoters, the artists have an opportunity to then perfect the product in a way where organically we could then get better so that when we do reopen up to the world, Carnival is significantly better. You know, it is an opportunity. I would hands down agree with that.
2: Yes. I. Yeah, I, 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 I go ahead, Laura. I, I think that is what this period has has given us. It's it's. I know it's hard for a lot of people, but I think honestly, it's a it's a gift. It's given us a chance to pause and really reimagine all of these things that we complain about year in year yes. out. It gives us a chance to reimagine it and repackage it and decide once and for all what is this thing, what do we want it to be, who do we want it for. Mm-hmm. You know? make it better and i see the same thing as you were saying earlier about the way you approach your music i think it's an opportunity for a lot of artists to, to to think about their music to think about the topics they want to sing about because you may not have a a stage you may not have a crowd to say put your hands up so it gives mm-hmm. artists an opportunity now to really stretch and, and show their versatility and where they could go in yeah, and-
1: there, there, there's unlimited there's unlimited um you know topics that people could sing about i mean the th- stuff i 'm working out I'm working on is you know they, they talk to different sects. you can have the calypso leg, you can have you know um you know the party leg you can have you know talk about people's feelings, you can talk about love, you can talk about depression, you can talk about about even uh, dreams you could talk about anything you know you you could be creative. Um, and that's, that's the space that I think a lot of our artists need to go to. And it, and, but but there's, a, there's, a, there's also the producers as well, too, because it's kind of um, this cycle, which is what is keeping Soka stuck right now, I think, is that because there are no shows, it means that the artists now don't have revenue streams. And artists not having a revenue stream means that they can't pay the writers or the producers to, to then produce the songs. And then the producers now who are not making money and not necessarily in a situation where they may want to do it for free because it's like they need to live as well, and then streaming and the art and the uh, album revenue is not high enough to justify you know everybody just doing it for free. So it's going to come down to passion, and so what happens is is that the renaissance of the music may come down to the people who are more pa- most passionate to make the change, and, and also so the I- most
0: innovative. The science Correct. of Private Ryan, the science of Private Ryan, beautiful analysis. But one of the things <laughs> that you have done, at least from my perspective here, is I would say a transition from DJ to producer. Mm-hmm. And the song that you did with Freetown Collective, give me the name again, it's escaping me. The love. Love. Feel the Love.
1: The Feel song the love.
0: that you did with um, Freetown Collective, Feel the Love, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. to me, it was unique in the sense in the carnival space as it was. Tell me a little bit about how you got into the uh, music production side of it and. Of course, let me know about your future in music production because you called some names earlier of the, of the artists you've done music productions
1: for. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so for years uh, as a DJ, what I used to do and one of the things that I became known for was using something called stems in the music, right? And musical stems in production are basically the different parts that make up a song. So yes. Uh, the drums, the, the, the pianos, the synths, the acapella, those things so I used to break down those things both live in my performances and on my mixes and so over the years of of, of and I'm you know I'm naturally creative because you know I've, you know from from just being a DJ and you know you know I'm also artistic in terms of being able to draw on a lot of different things I have a mind that kind of pieces together things um get having that experience you know listening and the, even identifying hits before they became hits a lot of artists could tell you that I told them that this song is gonna work this song is gonna work I have an air And I know one of my major strengths is my air. Um, So then getting into that, now, in terms of being able to break down music is when I then started to experiment and making my own. And so this process has been ongoing. And then, you know, Feely Love actually was made, Feely Love actually was not produced this year. It was actually produced two years ago. I actually. Wow. Wow. Did not know that. Right. So two years ago, I, I, you know, made, and Mohammed is my schoolmate. He went to St. Mary's College with me. And I had the, the the beat, and you know, I went I went to him, you know, and and, and I said, you know, you know, I, I'm looking for the I described in detail the type of track I want because whenever I make something, I can kind of kind of have idea of this kind of song I want on it. And basically, it was just a a symbiotic relationship between both of us to make that come to life. <laughs> So, like, the music production thing was a journey. Um, and it's still an ongoing journey because I, I don't consider myself, you know, a top-notch producer yet. Like, I have so much to learn still. Like, I, I'm, I, I am, I'm still learning things every day and even in quarantine, learning how to get better and do things better. Um, opportunities.
0: Quarantine yeah, has often opportunities.
1: Right? So So now, you know, in terms of even me in production, I want to be in a space where I'm making a contribution to this art form. Well, I think I want to put it uh, to Caribbean music because I'm not going to isolate myself to making just soca tracks. You know, I'm open to making, you know, reggae, dancehall, souk, everything. So I, I, I want to then bridge the gap and then even use where I will be going in terms of my access to artists and putting combinations together that you wouldn't even expect. Um, uh, Freetown is an example of that. If anyone had to predict before Carnival 2020, that Feely Love would have had the impact that it did. And like, if, <laughs> of all people, Freetown Collective, who yeah. has their own following and are big in their own, but they came and they dominated the space of that. That is the kind of thing I want to do with other artists as well. So Freetown is just one of them. I want to now create that with other young artists, you know, established artists, everything. So you're the go-to I... producer for 2021? Wait, you know, they always say your follow-up year is, is, is the one that people look out for. You could, have a, you could have a breakout year, but, you know, if you want to follow it, it's what people look at. And after that, then, then people will kind of be like, okay. All because right. they want to make a, a fluke. <laughs> <laughs> Laura.
2: Are you, are you working on music for next year, whether or not we have a carnival? Are you working? Oh, yes,
1: for sure. Right now, currently, I'm working on music for next year. Regardless of a carnival, I will release music, for sure.
2: Jesse
0: nice. you, you also talk about seasonality. Are you working for uh, for uh, are you working on music outside of Carnival? Or the side yes. of Carnival? Yes. All right, wonderful, yeah. perfect.
1: Yeah, so there'll be music that that'll that will not necessarily be released for a Carnival. That that's how it's gonna come out. It's not gonna come out for Carnival.
2: Yeah. Do you think do you think that is one of the things that is keeping our music back that it's so seasonal?
1: Uh yes, but 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 you see again, it, it it's soca is in this very unique space. There's no other genres like it. There is no other genre that expects its artists to make hits every single year. None. There's literally no other genre. Usually, the music industry works that an artist will make an album, that uh, that album will be serviced by a tour, and then that uh, that artist may disappear for two or three years to do other things and then come back to music and do it. Think of any major artist. Look, Rihanna hasn't made an album in like four or five years. She's been working on Fenty and hasn't released any music of her own. She's going to come back. But, you know, she, and, and, and that's, that's, that's just how it is. We know because our festival is an annual festival, we then need, and the patrons expect, to ha- not relive the same experience of the previous year. They want to make new memories. And new memories equates to new music because they want new experiences to these songs. So now our artists are forced to then make new music. And then when, for example, they get hits, they tour on that music for the year. And then now the season comes back and then they expect to make new music again. So yes, it, it does hold us back. But on the other side, it's what makes it very special, if that makes any sense. So it's like a catch-22. It's, it's <laughs> Yeah, it's, it
0: makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. What, what good... are, one of the things that I want to and I understand the idea of seasonality and of course how we in Trend certainly mash up music from 2020 in so we don't want to hear that in 2021. Mm-hmm. But I'm just thinking um, about the idea that as you said, you're you're the you're the kind of producer who just produces music all the time. How difficult is it for you? Do you approach artists or do artists come to you? Because I'm just wondering why it is you can't approach an artist and say, Have a great song. Let me release I... it in August.
1: Yeah, no, I do. I, I've actually done that, um, like, doing that now. Like, like I have, if I write some, because I'm also getting into the actual writing, writing part, so I can write a whole song or whatever. And if I have an idea and I say, this person has to sing it, I will go to them. Like, they don't have to come to me. I will go to them. Okay. Um, and And, you know, funny enough, I have, and I want to do this, where I'm working with, like, even if it's an artist that's not established, but if I really think that this person is a person to deliver it, it's not about having necessarily the biggest name, like having Marshall Montano to do it. Because obviously if people see Private Ryan by Marshall Montano, they're going to pay attention. They're going to be like, all right, let's listen to this. Yes. But I'm going to be in a position where regardless of, of of who it is, people will listen to it because they believe that, the music that I would put out would be, would be catchy in some way. You know, it, it, You know, whether it be, I'm going, whatever lane I decide to go down, whether it be a reggae song, calypso song, soca song, party song, a jam and whine a social commentary, people would pay attention. That's, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, Gotcha, got you. Laura?
2: Yeah. Um, one of the things, you know, like we hear people, artists, DJs, complain about is, you know, the ability to have an income stream at this time. Because you know, there are no live events, you can't get paid. And a lot of people, you know, Nigel and I have chastised so many people on this podcast for not for not um being more present online and now people realizing the power of being online. How how are you able to and how to maintain an income stream at this time?
1: The income streams entertainment wise are now frozen because there's no there's no um events, there's no touring. Um, but I will say that because of my online presence and because of my brand now, I have been hired to do things behind the scenes. So like I have done um, let's say uh award shows, I have done lives for Angostura, I have done um I've been and this is local and international, people will try to book me to do their their virtual festivals or whatever. Um so you're in a position where you, you can pick and choose and say, okay, I want to be a because you also don't want to water down your brand as well. So like you'd be able to pick and choose exactly which ones that you would do, you know, and then you have a sustainable income there as a DJ still. So mm. it happens. Right. Then you know you have your other revenue streams, you have let's say royalties and those things that will come in from the songs you produce. You'll have your savings as well too, because of the events, you know, that you you, you planned for this this day to happen. So you know that you have those things coming. Um, then you would have diversified. And so if you, if you, you know, anybody who, who is in a position where they're in entertainment or in any business so just in general, it's a good thing to diversify your your income. So you make something that has nothing to do with entertainment. And so, you know, it's not tied to whether you're DJing or not. You know, it's actually tied mm-hmm. to... Uh, so those are the kind of things that, you know, would keep me going in these times.
2: What advice do you give like, to artists, DJs, People in entertainment. What is like if to give them advice? What is like one thing you would tell them they should take advantage of this opportunity to do now?
1: Innovate, like like don't see problems, see opportunity. You know, um, there is opportunity in this downtime. There is there use the time to reflect, to pivot, to understand where where you are, where you want to be. Um, it is a great creative space to be in as well too because, you know, it's not clouded by anything. You could literally be in silence and understand what you want to do. You could, this could be the rise of a new sound, a new generation of artists. There's, there's opportunity here for both established and young artists to pierce through. Like right now, imagine that because of the absence of carnivals and, and the lack of, let's say, soccer music, because right now, in, in the, for the youths and for a lot of people, the Trinidad movement, which is the Trinidad dancer movement, is mm-hmm. taking. But the yes. soccer right now feels neglected because they don't have much new content from our Trinidad artists. There's no content that is there really that they're releasing. And so, if somebody or, or 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 a collective of people were to say, "Listen, we want to put out this material and let's let's really make something new," you know, you might catch the airs and catch create a whole new wave, and that and that could that that's an opportunity right there, just waiting to happen.
0: Yes. I, I I just love listening to you, Ryan. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is some of the most <laughs> enlightening conversation I've heard from a from a younger producer as I admittedly, as a kid speak well. But as I said, I think I'm I'm glad that you're speaking this way because I think your your understanding of the music industry and your understanding of the music industry here in the Caribbean is so so important and thing in terms of understanding how to pivot. I like that word too, from, from one aspect to another aspect. Tell I me what your what are your plans for the future? I know you've already said that you have some more productions and but in terms of like names and things, as I said, I recognise Angela Hunt as one of your mm. artists that you're produced for. Are you gonna be reaching out to some other artists in the diaspora and
1: internationally in terms of your work? Yeah, um well for me, like you know, um there are projects I'm working on right now with um Second Star, Nyla, uh Neutron, Cohen. Um, there, th- there's, you know, a list of people that, you know, I have pending projects for <laughs> that mm-hmm. I would not just Trinidad, out. Like I'm looking at working with, with people from Barbados, Grenada, um, mm-hmm. Jamaica, um, new artists that people haven't heard of before, um, American artists. Well, even because, you know, I made connects with like Afrobee from, from, you know, from Africa, mm-hmm. um, you know, I made connects, uh, recently with Ludacris and some other people. So I have nice yes. Chris was in Soka Brainwash this year. He was in he was in Soka Brainwash. Um, correct. Sure yes, correct. Right. Yes. So you know I, I know these guys personally and um conscience I know personally. Um you know there's a list of people that you know as time goes by, you know, I use these these connections that I've made as a DJ and as somebody who the unique position that I'm in is that I um both a producer and consumer at the same time because I for years and these artists know I have played their music and promoted their music. And I am a person who, and at the same time as a producer, I also have to remain very fair and balanced because I can't become biased towards my own, my own catalog because then it doesn't put me in a position to my integrity being questioned because then people will think that I'm just playing my own music and not promoting the rest. So for me, it is a situation where the artists know that, you know, as a person who has for years supported their content and even before I knew them personally, and has just been someone who's been putting the music out there, you know, at least it, it it gives me a foot in the door to have a conversation to start to work with them on a song, you know, because they would be open to to at least listening to what happens because they say, okay, you've been, you've been playing my music, you know, hear what you have, you know? So it's interesting.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're a private brand, or you're a brand on your own. So, who would say no to that boy?
1: Hey, listen, you never know, you know. I, I never. <laughs> <do>. <laughs> hey, things happen in life, you, know? you never know. You never know. <laughs> I, I
2: hear you. you We're gonna see our album.
1: Yeah, I actually want to work on an album. To be honest, I actually do want to, to put out an album, whether an EP or an album. I want to do something. I actually. You know, I'm trying to aim to get something out in September, but that is all pending, me finishing everything. Because now it makes it a little difficult with everybody locked down. You know, yeah. studio time and the ability to record and sit down and go. To, like, it slows down the process considerably.
0: How many you know, have any labels come out reached out to like a VP records or something? So, because as I said, one of the things that I've noted on your music, it has that international quote unquote, international sound and feel. Mm-hmm. And as you, even with this potential EPO LP that you're planning to put out there, do you look, are you looking for kind of
1: distribution networks out there?
0: Like a VP or, or somebody sorry,
1: else? I haven't to do that yet. And honestly, the world is in a place where you don't necessarily need labels. To, it has significant advantages. But there's also, you know, great advantage in being an independent as well. And um, Fair the way I have been, um, even in terms of my belief in in my own brand with sugar, green washing, those things, I've always invested in myself because I believe in it. Um, but I'm open to 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 to, to working with a label to get the music out. You know, the complicated thing is is that I am taking the position of an artist, mm-hmm. and I then know because of who I am as a, as a DJ producer, I then have to pull in several different artists to sing on my tracks. I am mm-hmm. not the artist. Themselves. And so like, we have to make sure that, you know, in terms of any latest exi- artists, existing contractual obligations with any labels, or anything that they are allowed to actually be on the project. If I go only be, the avenue of doing a label things, but I guess that those, those are easy negotiations you could have depending on how you work at all stuff. I hear Laura. Mm-hmm.
2: I I have to ask your opinion, Ryan, about the new, you know, in Trinidad, we just announced our cabinet, um, the Ministry of Culture and the Arts is now part of the Ministry of Tourism. So it's Ministry of Tourism, Culture and the Arts, as somebody who is really involved in Carnival and has one of the biggest brands in the festival. How do you feel about that? Oh boy, I think... um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) i think think, (laughs) i'm sorry
0: to laugh but good question laura
1: (laughs) for it to be enveloped into one um as it is i don't know if if trinidad has paid enough attention to its its carnival to its culture and exported it as a real brand to the world um i you know this election i mean i mean I saw that that happened. Um, I didn't process it properly yet to, to really give you like a critical answer to say how I really feel about it. But what I will say is that based on what I just said in terms of, the, I think Trinidad and Tobago has not really marketed itself and really developed its, its things. A move like that, we need to make sure that the people that we that respect the fact that we have a product here that is, is a gold mine. Um, It's something that needs to be respected, needs to be nurtured. Um, we have things like pan. We have, you know, like 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 all a lot of the, the factors that make up because carnival is multi layered. Um, that we invest even in this downtime, we invest time and resources to develop those things because you see, energies is not where it's, in energy is not going to come back. Like I read an article just this morning where PPm and are actually it's more costly for them to even look for new oil right now. They are actually going to leave so things undeveloped. So you see where energy is going. Correct. And people needs to understand what they're doing. So the parties that be that inside there need to understand that. That is that's okay. what I have to. Say.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I, I, agree. Just, I just wanted to touch a little bit. You've done some charity work over this um quarantine. Yes, I
0: did.
2: About oh, it now.
1: So I did um soccer, Brainwash being love, which was part of a, an initiative called the Day of Love, which I came up with.
2: Party Brainwash, the festival of love. Love, unity,
1: in quarantine again, it just came up with it. And but I wanted to um and I will do a part two because it it, it really did well. We were able to raise a hundred thousand dollars in a matter of um four hours or so, four or five Excellent. hours. Excellent.
0: Excellent. Yeah.
1: And what I did was is that I I I, I you know worked in an associate with fields, so I bought packages. And we did the packages, and we did uh, um, deliveries across the country to people who were in need. You know, because you know a lot of people are out of jobs and incomes being stifled and stuff. We wanted to make sure and get some people some some packages. So we found out what what people needed, and we got it out. So I want to do a part two, because um, of course you know look at where we where, where we're at still. Um, but yeah, you know, it was good. I, I worked along with um Caribbean um ideas, Caribbean Synapse Ideas, who's another Um St Mary's boy. And um I gave the I, I pitched the idea to him and he worked with me in developing the website and we went live and, and raised funds. People from around the world were able to donate and um, you know, that was a really good so I went to field, you know, delivered the packages, delivered it to the mayor, Port of Spain and uh yeah, that was that was nice.
0: Entrepreneur,
1: humanitarian, philanthropist,
0: philanthropist.
1: DJ, <laughs> DJ Private <laughs> Ryan. Private Ryan, now. Private Ryan.
2: Is it the next DJ? Is it the older plate? Trust me, a party safe,
1: brother. Once Ryan reach in your vet it's nice days, boy, boy. Hands in the sky, bring the
2: vibe uh, Ryan, Want thank you, you, you very you much. Um, I, I love, you know how enterprising and creative you've, busy you've kept. During this, yeah. I think it should provide uh, inspiration uh, for others, you know.
0: Very much so. And smart ideas and obviously innovative. And actually, he does it. And this is amazing. And I congratulate you
1: on that. Thank yes. you. I so so what? What, what what 2021 is going to look like right now because it's going to mm. be very <laughs> mm. You heard it first on Music Matters, the Caribbean <laughs> edition. All right. Yes. All thank right. You, so, Ryan.
0: thank you very much, Ryan. All it right. Sure. So Laura, that was actually a a very, very enlightening conversation. And um, I have have to give Ryan, because I like his initiatives. I like the innovativeness of his ideas. And he's one, of course, as a younger generation, he's just doing it. He's he's not hesitating. He's not thinking. He's just doing it and doing it successfully. Doing it successfully. I love it. I love it. So ladies and gentlemen, that's it for this edition of Music Matters.
2: The Caribbean edition. I am Laura Dowridge-Phillips. And I'm
0: Nigel Campbell and we'll see you next time.
2: Next time. Be safe, guys.
0: Bye bye. -bye.